welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. As uh, we get set to broadcast every Sunday from 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at richarddugan.com as well as uh, podcasting at uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a bunch of other places. And it's very exciting to be doing that here in 2020, the year of perfect vision. Well, today we're going to uh, help you to move forward in that perfect vision. I think that you're really going to enjoy today's program because it's, if I am correct by my very special guest, and I say that because he's been on the program a number of times, he is highly sought after, especially in my podcast. After the last interview we had, he was near the top uh, first one, two, or three interviews listened to for nearly three straight months. Uh, And his name, of course, is Jonathan Goldman. He is uh, you know, it's funny, Jonathan, uh, I am referred to as Dr. D. Now, I did not give myself that. It was given to me. But I have always referred to myself as the audio physician. And um, I'm going to uh, sort of put that to you as well, because uh, you are dealing with the aspects of sound and how it can help us as individuals, let alone collectively as a species, as communities and and our society, uh, to raise our consciousness, to heal what ails us, what diseases we have, to reconnect with that inner aspect of who we are, which is what 2020, the year of perfect vision, is all about. I'm not talking about uh, having 2020 vision through your eyeballs. I'm talking about going within going deep, deep within in these in these 12 months and get to know the real you. And that is part of what you are, are going to be sharing with us today. But most importantly, am I correct? It is the 18th annual um, World Sound Healing Day. I believe that's how that's pronounced. Is, am I correct, Sir- first of all, on the number? Sir, that is totally correct. Uh, it is number 18, and it is indeed World Sound Healing Day. So, f- before we uh, dive into uh, World Sound Healing Day, which, by the way, folks, is on the 14th of February, or February, if you choose <laughs> to pronounce that R in there, <laughs> um, uh, it's... Uh, it's one of those aspects that we want to dive into because on the one hand, when you say World Healing Day, people are going to think, oh, well, we're going to heal the planet. And I've heard it said, Jonathan, and I'd like your input on this, that the planet itself, the material planet, does not need our help to heal. It will basically, uh, just like we as human beings have immune systems, the earth has its own uh, antibodies and immune system <laughs> and will take care of itself. So I, I'm guessing that when you talk about World Healing Day, you're talking about the life that exists on this planet. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's also a great, uh, if you like, um, thought or question because... Uh, it's really giving me pause to think because there's so many innumerable answers. Yes, indeed, I'm ultimately talking 
about, uh, if you like, if, you know, if one were to say healing, well, how do you heal? From my perspective, it's really raising the consciousness of the different beings, the sentient beings on our planet, so that ultimately we can work together to collectively, shall we say, assist a lot of the uh, imbalances that have been created by humankind, because a lot of the stuff that's going on, uh, a lot of it is actually fairly recent in nature, uh, and... um, a lot of it has been really created by humankind, and if we created it, we can fix it. Now, how do we fix it? Well, we got to start working together, and we got to, if you like, release a lot of the competition and the greed that occurs, and we got to start basically working collectively, compassionately, and kindly with each other. Uh, in order to do this, and uh, so the concept is okay. If we can change our consciousness and realize that we are all interconnected, then perhaps we can work together. Well, that is one of the aspects of all of this. And if, and in this year, I would venture that some people are going to get a little bored with my continuing to emphasize <clears throat> the inner work. And, and I, I ask you if you are getting bored with it in just the first couple of months of 2020, the year of perfect vision, uh, that um, you take a look at that. Because from everything that I have read in my, I'm going to say 40, let's see, I'm almost 60. And I started at the age of 17 on my, what I called my search through the first book I had really read cover to cover autobiography of a yogi, but I've read many other ancient wisdom teaching books that it is that inner life, whether you're talking Christianity, Buddhism, uh, whatever philosophy you want to, to bring up uh, of an ancient source, and by ancient I'm going to say probably in the last hundred years to thousands of years, that it is that inner life, it is that inner place where we can go to find out who we really are, why we are here as individuals, not not necessarily as a species, that that age-old question of why are we here is usually a general question of a man. But I know people ask that same question because they question, you know, I just don't feel like I'm, you know, doing what I need to be doing. Well, guess where you can find out how to do that? Well, you provide people with, and if I'm correct in this, you provide them with sounds. You provide them with, uh, I, I want to say music, but that's just that is just sound. It's vibration, even yes. if you want to take it down to that level. So how did you, dis- and I'm going to say discover, okay, because it's always those vibrations have always been there, but we as human beings, we detach ourselves, we, you know, we don't connect with nature, which to me is our ultimate teacher. Uh, we don't listen. Um, how did you find out about these vibrations what what happened in your life that brought this about Richard great question can I just return for a moment to the previous one that you asked which is about healing the planet and we were talking about the fact that the planet is all right yes it is all right in many indigenous traditions 
you find their belief that the earth is like this big shaggy dog and that humans are basically like fleas and they're just going to shake themselves off ultimately, which might, if you like, account for, uh, you know, a lot of the earth changes that seem to be going on now. But at the same time, by gosh, by golly, what a lovely, wonderful planet we have. And I just really think it would certainly be uh, a shame if uh, we uh, let it all go to waste. <laughs> yeah, I would so, agree. Yeah. I would agree. We need to live up to that word steward and uh, yes, stewardship yes. and so forth. But let's get back to that other question that I just asked you about how how you got involved in all this. How did how did this come about for you? Well, Richard, can we go on the Wayback Machine? Absolutely. Can we go in the Wayback Machine? Oh, my God. Uh, how many years ago is this now? Uh, 1979. Oh, my golly. We are now in 2020. A few years ago, uh, indeed. <laughs> I remember I was uh, on stage in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, strapping on my Stratocaster with a band. And I began to play. And I've been playing professionally for probably about eh, 15 or more years at that particular time. And all of a sudden, I looked out at the audience. And I became aware that the ambiance in the club was one of negativity and violence. And for sure, the alcohol and the different intoxicants that people were imbibing in contributed to this. But I was also aware that the music that I was creating at the time was definitely not uh, assisting anyone. I had the thought. And once again, I'd been playing at least 15 years uh, at this point because um, I started playing rock and roll very, very young. Uh, I, I thought, gee, I wonder if music can be used to make people feel better. This is, you know, a thought that I'd never had before. And slowly that thought, maybe within the week, it shifted maybe five, 10 degrees. I used to say 180 degrees, but it wasn't that. It was just shifted a little bit and it became, what if sound could be used to make people heal? Mm. And uh, from there, I began investigating it and studying it. And without about two weeks after that, somebody handed me a flyer uh, that talked about he healing with uh, music and color done by this lovely being by the name of Sarah Benson, who became, number one, a dear teacher, mentor, friend of mine. She is my uh, son's godmother. She actually passed on to the uh, higher planes, but my wife and I uh, call her the divine mother of sound healing, an extraordinary being. And from there, I started the Sound Healers Association. I basically went to Lesley University and got a master's degree researching the uses of sound and music for healing. And then I took my record company, which had been, shall we say, a a new wave uh, label, maybe with a little uh, punk in it, and turned it into one of the first therapeutic uh, music labels. And the only thing I didn't have to change, Richard, was the name of the record company because it had been called Spirit Music. Oh, so there was some synchronicity going on even long before that happened. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. You know? Now, uh, I have been um, connected with uh, uh, numerous people over the 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 years um, who have introduced me to some incredible music, both vocal as well as instrumental. I've had the great pleasure of having Stephen Halpern on this program uh, who was a mainstay, especially in the late 70s and into the 80s. 
I also have this four record set. I still have the albums, the vinyl, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh. of the. Um, uh, it was this four record set of of this incredible uh, uh, um, music uh, sound. I, I, and I think it was. I want to say um, it was called. I think it was called the Golden Voyage, something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah, you, I you, that. you know that. Then I yeah. was also <clears throat> uh, given a copy of a videotape. I'm still trying to get the DVD. A videotape of uh, another. It was more visual, but they did have some sounds with it called the Merkaba or Merkaba, however you want to, where you want to put the accent there. Um, and then this goes on and on. And then I, I was introduced to these uh, brass bowls, singing bowls, then these white crystal bowls, which, a matter of fact, my first wife and I actually bought. She still, as far as I know, she still has that. Uh, and and the sounds that it would make. Uh, people uh, provide, uh, nowadays, there are uh, tuning forks that are tuned to particular frequencies to assist one in, as you have I think more accurately put it, uh, rebalancing uh, the 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 energy, the vibrations within ourselves. Uh, I know that there are others who are using, uh, uh, for example, there was a gentleman who I was very privileged to be the narrator for the DVD of the story of Royal Raymond Rife and his uh, wow. fr- Rife frequency generator. Well, yeah. frequency, you can call it whatever you want. This radio station is on uh, um, amplitude modulation, AM radio. FM is frequency modulation. But they're doing the same thing. They're sending out vibrations. They're sending out waves of sound that people can hear. And so we are being, in a manner of speaking, and, and it's kind of where I want to go with this, we're being bombarded constantly with all of these waves, all of these frequencies, both uh, specifically man-made, that seem like they are interfering with the natural vibrations. And I've even heard this said, Jonathan, you've probably experienced this. If you can get far enough away from civilization and you sit perfectly still and there is, there is no uh, uh, civilized... Uh, 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 anything in 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 your vicinity of your hearing you can actually hear the sound of the planet and i'm not talking about the birds and the bees i'm talking about a perceptible hum have you tapped into that heard that and found a way to incorporate that earthly or planetary sound or vibration into the work that you do these days Wow, that's another huge question. Richard, you asked me questions that probably would be an hour-long dissertation on my part about that, uh, because actually you asked three different questions. A, the sound of the earth, and then we talked about the humming. So I'm first going to just mention the fact that uh, the sound of the earth, we actually, you were talking about uh, tuning forks before. Mm -hmm. We have a set of tuning forks that are tuned to what is called the Schumann resonance, which is a uh, frequency that is 7.83 hertz or cycles per second. It literally is the uh, frequency, and that this is scientific, that was discovered in the 1950s and validated in the 1960s, 
and it is uh, basically the, if you like, resonant frequency of the ionosphere of our planet. And I like to believe that it is, if you like, the frequency of the almost aura of our planet. And these tuning forks, uh, literally, they are slightly out of tune by 7.83 cycles a second, which is called a beat frequency. You hit them, you hold them uh, near your ears, and you can hear this whoa, 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 type of uh, sound going on. And it is said that your brain will then entrain or basically begin to resonate with that frequency and that you can open up to what I call the Gaia matrix. And uh, this has actually been uh, talked about by many different, not only scientists, but mystics as well. So we have that concept of the sound of the earth and then the hum, the cosmic hum. As you um, probably know, my wife Andy and I uh, wrote a book and it's actually the world's first uh, professionally published uh, book on uh, the subject of humming called The Humming Effect. And it's done very well. It's done so well, in fact, that a lot of people now, whether they're in yoga or whatnot, are uh, teaching humming as a phenomena to empower people with their own sounds. And I'm totally, totally grateful for this one. And it's just a great means. Uh, many, many years ago, uh, we were down at a place called Yogaville. I love the t the name of that. And yeah. that, that was the uh, ashram founded by Swami Sachinanda, who I first encountered when I was a young man at Woodstock. And he basically opened up the entire Woodstock uh, festival with having a half a million people uh, chant uh, together. And I think this is actually something that truly influenced me with, uh, you know, in terms of... Uh, World Sound Healing Day is having a whole lot of people sound together. But here we are at Woodstock, and every major guru has done their interpretation of a book called The Yoga Sutras by a guy named Pantanjali. It's done a really long time ago, thousands of years ago. And there was Swami Satchidananda's um, translation of the um, Yoga Sutras, and I opened it up. I happened to open it up to Sutra 1.27, and it basically said... The original sound of creation was the pranava, the humming of prana. They had to give this a name, so they called it Om. And I went, whoa! So the Om came from the hum, and we incorporated that in our uh, book, The Humming Effect. And indeed, there is a very, very powerful, uh, if you like, yogic and sound healing uh, phenomena called Brahmari pranayama, which is basically more or less than taking some very nice deep breaths in and then just simply sounding forth with a hum. And it can put you into a deep altered state, calm you down, reduce heartbeat, respiration, brain waves, do all sorts of things and actually put you into another dimension simply by humming, which mm -hmm. brings us to the first uh, uh thought of uh, the fact that I talk about sound healing because sound incorporates music, but for a lot of people, something like humming would not be music. If I go, mm, that's probably not for a lot of people uh, music, but it creates a very powerful vibroacoustic effect, which means the sound affects us on a cellular level, and uh, it's very, very cool. I had the great pleasure, uh, just a few years back, of interviewing for a, a another uh, uh, station 
<clears throat> these little features that we did on a classical music station. I had the distinct uh, uh, and great honor of interviewing the acoustician. I learned how to pronounce that really well. Ah, okay. The acoustician for uh, the facility we have here in Santa Barbara called the Granada Theater. And uh, they were in process, when we moved here, they were in process of um, renovating it, bringing it back to life. And um, in my interview with him, <clears throat> I shared with him that I'd been there, been in there a number of times, and I I saw these these panels all over the walls, and uh, they were probably I don't know maybe two or four feet four foot by four foot square, and I'm the kind of person whether it's in music or otherwise visually I'm always looking for patterns, and I looked at those panels for uh, for as long as I could while I was there for particular performances, <laughs> I couldn't find any patterns. There were no patterns. And he explained to me that there aren't, there are no two, there are no two panels in that auditorium that are identical because the way that they tested the sound in that room, they tested every two to four feet, both vertically and horizontally, so that when you go into that facility, the Granada Theater, you can sit all the way in what they call the nosebleed section in the balcony. You can sit in the front row. You can sit in midsection all the way to the left or to the right or sit right in the center. You can sit in those little, you know, those little balconies that they have uh, in some theaters <clears throat> uh, near the front and in midsections, but they're like in the walls, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you will not find, as far as the sound is concerned, you won't find a bad seat in the Granada. And wow. and it's it's because of that. Now they also put in some other things, but what it brings to mind is that aspect of nature. And again, I'm going to go back to nature as our ultimate teacher. There is no other teacher aside from going within to self. There is no other external teacher that will help us to understand why we're here, where we live, why we live where we live, how to live, um, than nature. And there, is, there, there are, in certain instances, certain patterns, so to speak. But I think the one thing about nature is that it epitomizes, and this is part of what this whole aspect of sound healing, uh, World Sound Healing Day is, the 18th annual, is that the one constant in the universe, which we have been taught to fear, to dread, and to stay away from as much as possible, is change. But nature is constantly changing. Um, and when it comes to creating these vibrations, you, will, you, Jonathan, will sit in studio, and sometimes, obviously, with your wife, and you will create. Now... When you do go into studio to create, are you uh, impressed from within to create this, whatever it, whatever this is? Okay. Or, for example, in this case, because uh, I want to play a little of this for our listeners uh, before we uh, go to our break, a chakra dance, heart chakra. And... Um, that has the vibrations within it. If you sit 
and you take that in, it is going to help the chakras, which I want to talk about when we come back from break. But what about going into studio? Do you get an impression from within? I need to go into the studio and I need to create this and I just let the universe guide me through this. Do you write it out? What's what's the process, if you will, if I, if I may ask that mundane question of you? <laughs> Richard, that's so funny because I was recently, uh, and thank you for also for playing uh, this particular remix of Heart uh, Chakra, which features my dear friend Sarah Banson, who I was talking about, and also features, and you're not going to recognize it, you're going to hear the sound of a humpback whale, and it's going to sound like some sort of really incredibly synthesized sound, and it's not. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is that I like to believe that everything that I do in the studio is really divinely inspired because for the most part, uh, I have very little awareness or uh, ability to create a lot of the stuff that goes on. And sometimes I listen to stuff and I go, how did that happen? You know, so something's going on that is a whole lot bigger than me or, or, or anyone that I'm involved in. I like to believe that I'm somehow if you like a channel for uh, higher levels of wisdom, consciousness, light and love through sound. Well, I take the same position with this program. Uh, do I have I do not have a list of questions. The universe asks the questions. I am just along for the ride. <laughs> oh, great. Great. We're cool. going to take a quick break here. Take a listen to this as we go to break, folks, and uh, we want you to stay with us. We will be back with more with Jonathan Goldman. We're going to talk more about the 18th annual World Sound Healing Day, and we ask you to participate in that as well. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World in Sight and Sound, as well as that inner vision, 2020, the year of perfect vision, here on Tell Me Your Story.
Welcome back to Tell Me Your Story. Jonathan Goldman is my guest, and uh, we're talking about the 18th Annual World Sound Healing Day. Uh, Jonathan, um, 18 years ago, obviously, this started, and we could talk also about how that started and what precipitated it, and I do want to get into that. But uh, as far as this year, on the 14th of, uh, of February, which we have uh, uh, here in the United States in particular, have dubbed Valentine's Day, um, uh, you know, we, we get, uh, you know, we get into this mode of, uh, you know, sharing our love and showing our love to our, our partners, which quite honestly, we should be doing all the time, please. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's, it's, and, and, and maybe there is some truth to the cynicism that, oh, Hey, you know, this was just created by the card, the greeting card industry to make money. Okay, but see, you don't have to buy into that. Why don't you just make every day Valentine's Day and show love to yourself, show love to your partner, as well as to the people around you? What is the, what does the celebration, if you will, uh, for Sound World Sound Healing Day consist of? What uh, what is it that you are asking people to do sometime during that twenty four hour period in particular? Ah, uh, so Richard. Uh... I would like to, after this, uh, tell you a little bit about where this initially came from. Yes, yes. But what we're asking people to do simply is to make a sound encoded with the energies of love and send it as a sonic valentine to the Gaia Matrix or Mother Earth mm-hmm. in order to do, attempt to shift, if you like, the uh, consciousness. And they found, indeed, that our prayers, our prayers, if you like, and our meditations can interface with the Gaia matrix, the field of the planet. And from my perspective, something that enhances meditation and prayer, which is one of the reasons why prayer is vocalized, whispered, chanted, or sung, is the fact that sound amplifies this energy, this intention even more. So uh, people throughout the planet, usually, usually they'll work with an ah sound, which is the sound of the uh, heart center that, uh, you know, my dear friend Sarah Benson worked with on the uh, heart chakra recording that we just heard. The ah sound, ah, it's a sound we make when we're in love and we like something. It's a sound that actually is found in so many of the god and goddess names on the planet. Uh, and, you know, the reality is that ah is great, but I also say, okay, If you don't feel even comfortable making an ah sound hum, or if you want to beat a drum, or you want to hit a crystal bowl, or a Tibetan bowl, or tuning forks, whatever, just when if you encode the sound with the frequency of love, then it's a good sound and it's a healing sound. And I ask, you know, and literally we have thousands and thousands of people in hundreds of countries who uh, do this on that day and. The website, and it's, uh, you know, this this is all done, if you like, as a um, altruistic act, is worldsoundhealingday.org. And there's information, there's free downloads, and there's all sorts of other stuff that people can get that'll help initiate them if they're interested in at all. Because it really does seem to be that with our light, our love, and our sound, we can make a difference. And... Um, I'm going to now journey back to about 20 years ago when I was literally uh, in a state of deep meditation. This inner voice said to me, okay, uh, it was probably around the year 2000. 
And uh, this inner voice said, okay, you've been working for over 20 years helping bring awareness of personal healing to the planet. You've been successful. A lot of people are getting very, very aware of this, but now you need to add another factor. And I, you know, well, what is that? And that factor is planetary healing. I said, okay, great, way cool. And uh, how do I do this? And the transmission stopped. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got to figure this one out myself. And I thought, okay, well, what if we had one day a year when people sounded with uh, love to our planet? And it just seemed to me to be really a good day would be Valentine's Day, at least here in America. Mm -hmm. And then strangely enough about, you know, and so the event literally began probably a couple of years after that. It took a little while to get off the ground, me to find uh, people to uh, work with, et cetera, et cetera. And interestingly enough, I did found an organization called the uh, Sound Healers Association. And I realized a couple of years after that, that the day of founding of the Sound Healers Association was also Valentine's Day. Which oh, wow. Was like, oh, wow. You know? so it's... <clears throat> That's fantastic. That really is. Uh, it's one of those things that people can participate in. And at the same time, they can uh, be a part of and, and, and know that they're going to have an influence, which I know, again, from firsthand experience, how frustrating it can be. Not to know whether or not you're making a difference. I mean, I've been doing this particular program. Uh, Now we're going on uh, 13 years. We're into the 13th year. I've been interviewing for over 40 years. And sometimes, Jonathan, sometimes I sit there and I go, what am I really doing? I mean, am I really making a difference? And quite honestly, Jonathan, I have had to... Let that go. It isn't always easy because the ego, you know, that whole aspect of of being wants to <laughs> wants to control the process. And I just have to let that go. Is that something that that you have have you struggled with that at all? Not only in reference to uh, World Sound Healing Day, of which this year it's on the 14th of February, as it is every year. Uh, but is that something that that every once in a while you kind of twinge going, what am I doing? Uh, you know, it's like things are things are getting worse. It seems like they're getting worse. And uh, am I really making a difference? And so on and so on and so on. Give us your give us your perspective on that, if you would. Well, thank you, Richard. And yes, in truth, uh, if you like, on one level, I frequently find uh, myself in a question in a quandary. You know, is Am I doing anything? Is this really making a difference? And apparently, according to other people uh, give me feedback, it is life-changing. But at the same time, it's really important to realize that more is not necessarily better. Just as with sound, I like to say more is better is not better. More is not better. Louder is not better. Longer is not necessarily better. In many of the different sacred traditions, There are a group, a really small group, some say 12, some say 36, some say 72, of wise men of spiritual masters of sadhakam or whatever, who literally help hold the the balance of of our planet. Uh, So, you know, it's not necessarily more people, but 
who is there? Are they working with a high enough consciousness? If they are, maybe they can shift and make the changes as opposed to a whole lot of other people who are, shall we say, disgruntled and dissatisfied and making a lot of noise, but they don't have the coherent energy to really make um, much of an effect. And the, so that's my belief that mm -hmm. it's a, it, it can be a, a relatively small group of people. And this does seem to be uh, really, really true. So, for example, there's something called the, uh, from it was actually out of Princeton University, the Global Consciousness Project that works with random number generators. And they found that events of high compassion, uh, great emotional uh, aspects, have ability of, of affecting these random number generators and making the random number generators less random so they can actually be graphed as opposed to being a, an equal number of zeros and ones. The numbers become different. And this is events of high compassion, not events of high uh, excitement. So we're not talking about the Super Bowl here, mm -hmm. but we're talking about global meditations, global prayers, global sound healing. So I think that that really says a whole lot in terms of uh, the fact that maybe just a smaller number of people who have the, if you want, the chi, the energy, the consciousness, the wisdom. Uh, remember in Star Wars, it was, you know, just a few Jedi were able to do a whole lot of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which leads me sort of to the next uh, uh, the next aspect of our conversation here uh, in that um, there's a there's a um, there's a passage in the New Testament in the Gospels where uh, Jesus disciples um, were sitting around as he's performing one miracle after another. And uh, he um, he is asked by his disciples uh, or ba uh, not so much asked, but they they, they, they kind of go, wow, that's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, hey, you know what you're doing there is really neat. But the question for you is, can 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 you teach us to do that? And and his and uh, folks, this is not King James. I'm not par I'm paraphrasing here. I'm putting a little <laughs> drama into it. Uh, and he says, "Are you kidding me? Seriously? I can teach you how to do all of this stuff, but I'm going to tell you something right now. You think this is great? You." And he was not just talking to his disciples. He was talking to all of us. You will be able to do this stuff, but even more so, you're going to be doing greater works. And I honestly believe, Jonathan, in, in, in my heart of hearts, that that greater work is the transformation of our lives. I can't disagree with you at all. And I like to say one plus one equals three. As a, a, an additional uh, concept, which is that, uh, you know, Jesus said when, you know, more than two are gathered in my name, there is also a, I think it's a new math where it, uh, two people or more to, you know, two, one plus one equals three. It becomes a synergistic greater energy form as well. So like, you know, a small group of people create a greater field and they can literally shift and change our perception of reality well he also said too where two or more 
two yeah. or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And there's the power from the Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know mm -hmm. that there are a lot of folks who are, you know, struggling with this kind of stuff because they, you know, they have their respective philosophies, which I do not want to to interfere with. They have the choice to believe whatever it is that they choose to believe. And it's not and 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 they 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 certainly also have the uh, the the ability to be wrong. <laughs> no, uh, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> not by any means, because nobody's wrong here. Everybody's learning. Everybody's growing. By the way, that's another aspect too that I'm working on, um, uh, where um, I'm trying to get rid of two words in the English language. And unfortunately, I don't want to get rid of too many because we're already using too few. <laughs> but the two words I want to get rid of and replace with a word that's already used, but not necessarily in this context, I want to get rid of success and I want to get uh -huh. rid of failure. Okay. I want to replace those two words with learning, learning. Uh, and the best example, of course, and I heard this just uh, yesterday, I was watching a program and this, this kind of came up where uh, you know, you, you hear about uh, um, uh, uh, Edison, you know, and he had nearly a thousand different versions of the light bulb that didn't work and was asked, how many times did you fail? And he said, I didn't fail, never failed. I just found a uh, 999 ways that the light bulb wouldn't work. And then I found the one that did. And the reason I bring this up, Jonathan, is because and I think we've talked about this in previous interviews, this concept of dualism. When I look out into the cosmos, and I've used this example before, I don't, I, I don't see or experience dualism. Not in the way that human minds perceive it. Yes, there's light and dark out there. You've got stars that are putting off light, and then you have these vast spaces of darkness. Anyway, okay? But in terms of the life that's going on out there, it's just going on. Just like nature here on the planet, we might see predator prey, right? But that's no, not the way the animals see it. That's just life. That's just life. There is no good, bad. It's just, that's just life. Richard, can I interrupt for just a second? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, another uh, term that I might like to uh, uh, show you make less powerful would be the concept of judgment, mm. number one. Mm -hmm. But also, there is... When you're working with sound and you work together, it basically physiologically creates uh, what is uh, called uh, oxytocin, which is the trust hormone, which breaks down the barriers between you two and you get a create state of oneness. So there is a term in, the, uh, in Sanskrit called Advaita, which literally means non-duality or oneness. And boy, if we could achieve this, what cannot be achieved because yeah. then we will work together mm -hmm. and overcome all the barriers. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, some would say, yeah, well, we've got a long way to go. There are those who, who basically believe that, you know, we're barely, uh, outside the, uh, uh, the mouth of the cave as it were. And there are others who say, <laughs> no, we're at the back wall. <laughs> we're at the back yeah. wall of the cave. We got a long way to go. And then there are others who want to believe that, we are a lot more advanced than we give ourselves credit for. Uh, and again, this whole aspect of where are we is in reference to the cave is part of the judgment aspect that you're talking about. We are where we are. 
Uh, my brother and I were having this wonderful conversation. We were having a, there was a family reunion out uh, uh, between Florence and Coolidge at the Elks Lodge, and he and I were walking out in the desert uh, after the meal and everything. And I was sharing with him my philosophy and things that I had experienced, and he just kind of looked at me. Not that I I don't know what his beliefs are, his philosophy is, but he says to me. Well, geez, Richard, it's about time you got it. My gosh, you're in your, and I think I was in my 30s at the time. To ah. which I said, well, actually, Mike is his name. I said, Mike, it's not when you get it, but that you get it. And I think that that's kind of where I'm coming from when it comes to success and failure. Um, and I think that what we want to play next for our listeners, I think, ties in beautifully because... In order for us to live in that mindset, and even, if you will, heart set, is we need to have compassion for self. Mm. That is probably the most difficult uh, aspect to incorporate into uh, our being, is having compassion for self. If we could get rid of the concepts of success and failure, and I'll add to that uh, what you've said about judgment, uh, and have compassion over what it is that we are doing in our lives, who it is we have in our lives, uh, where it is that we would like to go in our lives, and even more importantly, where we've been, what we've been through, so that we don't have to carry the baggage. How can sound because that's what we're talking about here, help us to do that. Well, really quickly, it's really, you know, it's interesting. So you're playing an aspect of uh, the Compassion recording, and this is from a brand new CD compilation that's going to be released uh, right about now, at least on our website, which is healingsounds.com. And we're making it uh, available uh, it's got 12 different two, uh, if you like, segments of um, songs that are designed to activate the heart chakra. And we did that to, if you like, assist people who are working uh, and um, playing and sounding on World Sound Healing Day. Because ultimately, as you know, if our heart center is open, if we work with kindness, compassion, and cooperation as opposed to competition and greed, that's the only way that we can do it. And I think that sound is perhaps not only the original creational tool, but maybe the greatest tool for shift and change that can exist. Yeah. And we can all do it. We heal the planet. We heal ourselves. Yeah. We heal ourselves. And we heal the planet. Get involved with the 18th Annual World Sound Healing Day taking place on the 14th of uh, February, which is next Friday, the 14th. And we encourage you to participate uh, in whatever fashion. Uh, and, of course, you can go to uh, worldsoundhealingday.com, I believe it is, as well as uh, your website. .org. 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 And then again, your website. Healingsounds.com. Healingsounds.com. <laughs> Fantastic. This is uh, something that uh, we're going to listen to here for just uh, a few moments as we move forward.
beautiful, beautiful sounds indeed. And one of the things that I have been so intrigued by, uh, Jonathan, is the, uh, is the, I mean, just the plethora of sounds that one can listen to. I have, uh, I just came in possession about a year or so ago of a, a small little sound booth. It was used in a hearing aid company. Uh, for their uh, audiologist, I believe it is, to test the hearing. Well, uh, they were upgrading, and so they didn't need this anymore, but it's still in perfectly good condition. So I had it delivered to my house, and we managed to get it into my studio. So I have this. It's it's not quite soundproof, but it's enough to where I could sit in there. I have trouble wearing headphones on both ears only because – I want to be aware of what else is going on around me. So I would probably have open speakers in this little little booth um, and listen to whether it were your your uh, sounds that you've put out uh, through so many different uh, CDs uh, or uh, whether it be Stephen Halpern or if I was to find uh, maybe uh, the Crystal Bowl sounds, which are phenomenal. I've actually learned how to play uh, play one of those pretty well. Um is there some? Is there a particular recording, if you will, um, or or tuning fork that would help us to get started where we begin to generate our own sound, which to me I think would be more appropriate. Uh, I've shared this with you before, where when I was a kid, I was real sick, laying in bed, moaning. Uh, and my sister and my mother came in, and my mother says, "Mom, make him stop." And she says, "No, that's how he heals himself." You talk, tell, oh, let me beautiful. tell you how how aware my mother was, um, and I've been com- It's been commented to me when I've gone into certain shops. I went into the feed store the other day, and I wasn't even aware of the fact that I was humming. I, I just ah. wasn't aware of it. Uh, but but talk to us about what we can incorporate into our lives fairly easily, whether it be a CD or a, a file on demand or what have you, or again maybe uh, getting one of those uh, forks, uh, tuning forks that's really tuned well to where I bang it. I get to, and you know, and I, I can start there and <laughs> sort of help my, my cells to vibrate at that particular note and what have you, and really make it resonate maybe in my head, that kind of stuff. Uh, what, what tools can you offer us that we can put in our toolbox and we kind of have with us uh, throughout the day to continue to reinforce the, the, the raising of one's consciousness and the healing of one's body, mind, and soul? Richard, great question. I suggest that people go to our healingsounds.com website and just check it out and see what resonates with them because we are all unique vibratory beings. Like, I love this brand new uh, compilation, uh, Music for the Heart Chakra, but at the same time, my biggest daily practice of sound, and I've gone from, the you know, doing Tibetan to uh, vocal harmonics to whatnot, is humming. I love to hum. And it's something that we can't get judgmental with. And if you, if people can read the humming effect, they'll find it fascinating. There's all this peer review information on what the hum does to us on a, phys- a physiological level. And then when people realize that this is true, they'll start taking it more seriously and more seriously. And when they believe it, all of a sudden, wow. February 14th is World Sound Healing Day. WorldSoundHealingDay.org. 
and we encourage you to go there to get involved, to participate. Uh, I would think that there's, if not a place where they can sort of sign up and say, hey, I'm going to do something. There's uh, certainly emails where they can send you information about maybe what they're doing. And then uh, maybe uh, later on in the uh, in, in the year, maybe April or uh, not April, uh, uh, June or July, we can get together again and say, OK, so what kind of response did we get from the 18th uh, uh, um, expression, if you will, of World Sound Healing Day? And again, I thank you so much for uh, sharing your time here on the program and um, and and getting us all prepared for uh, what I think uh, is and and I, I don't want to put it in the context of because of the times in which we live because the times in which we live are just the times in which we live and uh, um, as as the Chinese proverb says you know may you live in interesting times but we always do and there is no certainty you know um, and get used to change Embrace it, love it, bring it into your life. And again, as you said, uh, go to your website, uh, healingsound.com. We'll be linked to your website as well. Uh, Find what resonates with you. We say that all the time, Jonathan. Come to our table. Come to our smorgasbord. And take what resonates with you. If it doesn't, leave it alone, please. Don't touch it. Totally. Only take what resonates with you. But come back. Please come back to the table and Richard, check again later. Richard, let us go to the table together in the not too distant future and discuss this. And I want to say it's the year of 2020 vision and sound. Whoa. Absolutely. I'm Richard okay. Dugan, and my guest has been Jonathan Goldman. And you can go to his website, which we are linked to on the other interviews that we have up on our website. And we encourage you to go to richarddugan.com or SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, uh, to listen to all of our podcasts, as well as supporting us through PayPal and Patreon. We have a a link on our missions page as well as our homepage. I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for listening to the program. Please join us again for our next broadcast podcast. And until then, love to love.